500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Build Penny Toyota during Mega Memorial Month. Now through May 31st. That means mega deals on your favorite Toyota models from Alabama's number one volume Toyota dealer. And don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. Plus, enjoy the rest of our awesome Penny perks. Visit BuildPennyToyota.com during Mega Memorial Month. Number one based on 2018 total new Toyota retail sales in Alabama for Southeast Toyota distributors. Warranty valid through 10th year of ownership on new vehicles only. See dealer for details. Shut up and sit down. I thought I would talk about stalking online and privacy, but honestly, really, I want to bitch about the fact that I don't even have a Trader Joe's. There was this whole big conversation on Facebook today about Trader Joe's, and I don't have one. I I am Trader Joe-less. I'm, I, I don't even know what to do with myself, but we're supposed to get one next year, so I'm pretty excited about that. I've never actually been in a Trader Joe's, so I don't know what I'm missing, but I feel like I am missing a <clears throat> experience in my life. So hopefully they will bring one, and I will be able to go to it. And I might take pictures. Okay, anyway, um, when I was very young, um, the Internet was also very young uh, in the 90s the mid-90s, the Internet um, was, it seemed small and and insular, and you could, uh, I don't know, it, it seemed innocuous and, and safe to play and to give people your name and, and not to worry about it. because And it was maybe because I was young or because the Internet wasn't very, um, it was a very new thing. And so you gave people your information when you had no business doing so. You gave them your phone number when you had no business doing so. And I did get um, a little incident early on in my life where I had to deal with um, some stalking issues. That kind of obsessive behavior can be annoying, but it can also be dangerous. (coughs) There is a... uh, a misconception that you're anonymous online and you can say and do anything you want and and not have to worry about repercussions. And even if you don't use your real name, and I don't, when and I'm very careful about it actually. I I rarely post on other people's live journals if they're recording IP addresses. I always send my email through Google instead of downloading it to my computer so that when my email goes out, the IP address attached to my email is actually Google's in California. Did you know that? Did you know that sometimes if you send email from your house, especially if you use an IP address, like your local IP, like your, your your local internet provider, that you're giving an IP address that is going to bring someone literally into your neighborhood? Right. <clears throat> Everything you do on the internet is is stalkable. 
your IMs, your Facebook posts, and it's amazing what I see posted on people's Facebooks, pictures of their kids, uh, the schedule of their vacation. Like there isn't some asshole out there, oh, I wonder where their house is. And sometimes, because they've got pictures of their house on their Facebook, it's pretty easy to find their house. Cause, oh, look, there's their address right there. Done. Or they have their phone number attached to their Facebook. And about five years ago, one of my friends calls me, and she says, oh, my God, put your phone number in Google. And I did. And it called up my address. And it also, because Google is interesting and amazing and taking over the world and could be Skynet, had a picture of my house. Because, hello, Google Earth. Thank you for that. Thank you for making that so much easier. Right. My house. Right there on Google was my phone number. Because my phone number was listed in my public directory in my city. And it was listed under my husband's name, and there's my husband's name and our address and our house, a picture of our house, a picture of the cars we were driving with the tags visible, because this is before Google got a little better about that. And there's everything. There's everything available, and all they had to have was my phone number. Now, my phone number is unlisted now. So if I put my home phone number into Google, I don't get any results at all which is okay. But if your phone number is not unlisted, you can put your phone number in Google and it will give a name attached to the phone number because people put, because cities and states put their, especially, especially true in the United States, they put their yellow pages and their white pages online so they're easy to find and easy to search. That's great. But give some stranger on the internet your phone number and your phone number be listed, they have everything they need to find you. Now, I'm not saying everybody out there is crazy. I'm just saying there are a lot of crazy people out there. Let me throw some statistics at you. One in six women and one in 19 men in the United States have experienced talking, stalking, ugh, stalking during their lifetime. During a 12-month period, an estimated 14 in every 1,000 persons aged 18 or older are a victim of stalking. Stalking can last anywhere from one to five years without intervention. One in four stalking victims report some kind of cyber stalking such as email or instant messaging. We can also add Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. <laughs> Maybe they care what you're pinning. Maybe they don't. You don't know. <coughs> but you don't know what you're getting into. You post pictures on your Twitter or on your Facebook and your phone attaches, if, you're, if you haven't turned it off, and it comes turned on automatically in most smartphones, a geotag that people can look at and figure out where your picture was taken. And they can find you. 
66% of female victims of stalking were stalked by a current or former intimate partner. You can't control that because you don't know who's going to be an asshole after the fact until after the fact. He could be the nicest man on the planet, hold the door for you, be concerned about your welfare. Oh, call me when you get home. I want to make sure you got home safe. Here's some flowers on your birthday. You break up with this motherfucker, and he turns into a psycho. He turns into a psycho. Thirty-one percent of women who are stalked by an intimate partner are sexually assaulted by that partner. Three in ten victims reported being injured emotionally or psychologically from being stalked. There's someone in the chat room that says you don't even have to date them, and that's true. You don't even have to know them. In fandom, there is a uh, cultish behavior that that takes place. And some... I just heard a really loud bang outside my house. I hope that wasn't a gun. Did you guys hear that? Okay. Yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty sharp. Like a gun. Wow. Okay. Um so that that threw me off my game. It might have been fireworks. People get stupid, and it is close to 4th of July. Anyways, I was um, early on in fandom, when I first got on the fandom, I was pretty open about my personal details, even though I wasn't using my real name. And not so open that um, people figured out who I was in reality, but several people figured out who I was otherwise online. Because I have several identities online. Um, it's just something you do. You uh, you find some way to protect yourself. I'm sorry, that that gun really threw me off. Or that big bang noise it really threw me off my game. Anyways, <clears throat> there came a moment early on in fandom where... I was, I became aware of a person who was very attentive towards me. And I don't know, I mean, you know, because sometimes there's this line in fandom and and you don't know if this person is going to cross it or not. And they send you emails take your updates personally and they take your live journal entries personally and they want to know everything that happens during your day suddenly. And they want to know why you don't have a Twitter because at the time I didn't have a Twitter. I didn't have a Facebook. Oh, but if you had Twitter, you could tell us everything you do. Sure I could. Right. That's how, yeah, that's going to work. That's good. Yeah, that, that's going to happen tweeting from the bathroom. Anyways, this person, who did turn out to be male, was 
obsessively interested in the story that I was writing at the time, and that was Dark Places in the Soul, because I had not yet written Slash. And every update I did on fanfiction.net resulted in an email. No comments on fanfiction, but an email detailing all the things they liked and did not like about what I had posted. And I didn't answer those emails after a while. I answered them at first. I answered two or three of them. And then I stopped answering them, and they got hostile. Why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you paying attention to what I'm saying in my email? I'm wasting my time. Blah, 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 blah. Stop wasting your time, asshole. I'm not going to respond. So then I started writing slash And I got this big, giant email telling me how disappointed he was in me for my perversion. There is a subject line on my contact form on my website that says, you're going to hell or I'm sending you my religious propaganda. I forget which one it was. Let me go look it up because it's really funny. And he is a direct result (laughs) That subject line is a direct result of this uh, of this person I'm talking about. Um, oh, it's I'm a religious fanatic and I want to send you my propaganda, right? Now I actually posted an open letter to him once on my live journal because he kept sending me these weird ass religious emails telling me I was going to hell for writing slash for writing gay fiction, um, and it was like. It became it became terrible, and my husband didn't want me to respond, but he kept irritating the shit out of me. So I would get on live journal and respond. And then finally one day, and I and I it was somewhere I don't know when. I can't really pinpoint what I did or what I said that made the letters stop, but they did stop, um, and the pamphlet stopped, and I stopped getting religious propaganda. Maybe he died. I don't know. Um, maybe he found somebody else online to harass. I have no clue. I have, I have no clue. But that's a very, actually a very moderate example of, of, of the Internet stalking because I do have people who are really obsessive about my updates and about my website, and if I change something on my website, I get an email. No, literally, if I rearrange links on my website, I'll get an email about it. Don't do that shit. I know, I know it it might mess with your headspace. I know it might be bothersome. I know. Get over it. I had one lady who sent me an email every single time I changed my template. That was when I was posting on WordPress and I had all those templates I could choose from and play with. And I, granted, I did it a lot. I did it once a month maybe. But I was bored with what, with what I had. And, and now I have my own website and I have my own tailored um, uh, uh, template that I put a lot of work into and effort into and make sure that it was just going to be the way it was going to be. And um, I don't change it anymore beyond adding things to it or adding links or whatever or making new pages. Oh, and that's a horrible thing too because I can make a new page on my website, and if you're subscribed, 
you won't be notified because it's not post. And subscriptions are only post-based. And I actually got this really terrible, bitchy email about six months ago because this woman was looking through my website and found out that I had new pages and she hadn't been notified. And she was pissed. She was pissed. I don't even know. I don't even, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I would view it as like a, a, a surprise, like a Christmas present. I don't know. I would, oh, look, new pages. It would be great. It would be like going on an adventure. Apparently not. Oh, and then she had quite a lot to say about my members only section and how dare I keep things. Um, and then this is also the same person who sent me a very long bitchy email about my friends only posts on my live journal. Like, I'm not allowed to have those. And um, it's my responsibility to be open and provide my fiction to my um, readers um, in the easiest way possible. And, I, and this is also probably the same person who sent me that big long-ass email about Rough Trade, come to think of it. Different name, but the tone was the same. Because apparently I have some fucking obligation. I'll let you hold her. I just realized you were on home on um, my dashboard. Did did you call in to listen to the radio show or or what? Okay. <laughs> the chat room. <laughs> Anyways, um, it it's craziness. And you see, there's this there's obsessional behavior in fandom and that you need to take very seriously as as a reader and as a writer because sometimes you can say something that will set somebody off and what they will do in response to that you're in no way prepared for and if you're using your real name or if you're actually using your real Facebook but you have a fake name that you use in fandom and you run around with but you're also on Facebook with your real name chatting about your shit and going about your business, I see you guys do that. I see a lot of you do it. You're exposing yourself to craziness. Now, I don't mean to scare you. I really don't. But there are psychos that will get on a plane and come to your house. They will come to your house because you've got pictures of your house, of your kids, of your very young kids on your Facebook. Honey, really? Don't do that. I have a real problem. My sister does this, and and I told her before that I don't like it. She does it anyway. She posts pictures of her kids on her Facebook. I think your responsibility, and I'm not a parent, but I think that you have a responsibility to your children to keep their faces off Facebook. I don't think you have the right to give your kid an Internet presence before they can even speak. More so, you don't have the right to toss these pictures around the Internet over and over and over again and establishing your kids' identity online before they're even online themselves. It's it's not cool. And more often than not, you're exposing your children to pedophiles. Because the Internet... There are two things on the Internet. Cats and porn. 
and what's a cute picture of a kid to you is porn to a pedophile. Your kid running around their backyard in a bathing suit, it's really cute. I think it's cute. Your friends think it's cute. Your mom thinks it's adorable. She puts it on her Facebook too. But there's somebody else on Facebook who doesn't think it's cute. They think it's sexy. And that's creeptastic. That is creeptastic. So don't put your kids on your Facebook if your Facebook is public. Now, my sister recently locked her Facebook down because she had a friend from one of her, I say friend, she didn't know who this person was, but she had a lot of people on her Facebook that she had friended for games. And this one person kept posting, my sister has um, three daughters, and she kept, this person, he or she, and she doesn't, my sister doesn't know which, kept posting about how attractive my nieces were. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She unfriended anybody that wasn't family <laughs> and locked her Facebook down. I had to go through her phone and turn off geotagging because all the pictures she had put online were tagged with geolocations. She freaked the fuck out. Yeah. She, she freaked the fuck out. And she had every right to freak the fuck out. I would have freaked the fuck out. I kind of did freak the fuck out, to be perfectly honest. Um. <clears throat> perfectly okay to make friends online, to reach out to people and, and develop relationships. Um, the, 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 the people who come to my site have, have done that. They've created a community. And, and sometimes someone enters that community that has no business being there. Um, but the minions are pretty self-policing, so that person doesn't stick around long. Just be safe, and I really recommend if you're very act- if you're active at all in fandom, do not use your real Facebook to interact with other people in fandom. Not with writers, not with other readers. Don't do it because you don't know who these people are. You don't know who I am, and there is no need to open up yourself and your home and or your children to people that you don't know. And we don't live in a world where you can afford to be that trusting. We really don't. Really. So have a separate name for fandom. Don't use your real name on LiveJournal. Don't use your real name on Facebook. Have an email address that you don't use for anything else but your fandom activities. That's your fandom Facebook. Don't put your phone number on Facebook. Go into your privacy settings in both your fandom Facebook and your real-life Facebook or your Twitter or your Pinterest or whatever you're using. Whatever you're using, go into your privacy settings and make sure that no one has access to your information. Because it takes very little for a stranger to embed themselves in your life in a very dangerous and ugly way. I talked earlier about how fandom is 
it has a cultish behavior, and that's true. When an author leaves, she hits the fan. Um, recently, someone came back into fandom, and they're already being harassed about what they're going to be posting next. Are you going to post this? Are you going to post that? That's great. That's great. Because they don't do that, assholes. Don't. Just just don't fucking do it. That's another thing about real-life Facebooks. You've got your educational history on there. You've got your work history on there. Really? Don't do that shit. It's just craziness. You're just asking for somebody to stalk you, and that's terrible. That's terrible for me to even say that, but it's true. If you give everybody your information, don't be surprised when some asshole takes you up on it. I have a delicious that I haven't used since Yahoo bought them. I have a pin board, but it's Kira. I have uh, I have four Gmail accounts, one for fandom. I have um, three Facebooks, but I only you know the thing is is I don't particularly like Facebook. <laughs> you wouldn't know that because how often I'm on it. But I really it isn't my favorite kind of entertainment. Um, I don't attach. I used to have my um, my Rhapsody music attached to my my Kira Facebook. And the thing is, is all these services you have online, Netflix, Hulu, Rhapsody, iTunes, they give you, I'm not sure about iTunes, they give you the ability to attach your Facebook to these services. So some asshole in New Jersey or wherever, can, um, he knows what kind of music you listen to, he knows what movies you're watching, he knows what TV shows you got favorited on your Hulu. Right. They don't need that information. They really don't. Every single piece of information you put out there creates a false sense of intimacy between you and a bunch of strangers. Keep it in mind. When you chat with somebody every day on Facebook or in a chat room or um, live journal or wherever, you find yourself divulging information that you might not normally divulge, and suddenly you're, you're, you're creating this um, relationship with this person, but you don't know who they are, and they don't know you either. You, you could be the crazy one for all I know. Maybe you are. Maybe you're crazy. But... <coughs> <coughs> It happens. They can find out where you work. Because, oh, I had a terrible day at work and you're on your Facebook complaining about it and then all of a sudden you've revealed something about yourself that you weren't meant to, you didn't mean to reveal. And you've opened yourself up. It's not good. It's dangerous. I couldn't find the statistics on how many people are killed by stalkers. I couldn't find the statistics. I don't know why. 
I Googled for a little bit, and then I got frustrated and walked away. We got some tater tots at Sonic. That's not very personal. I can tell you guys that. I got some tater tots and some cheese sticks at Sonic, and I don't give a shit if it's healthy or not. <sighs> you need to be careful. Especially in fandom, which tends to create a uh, a mentality around certain people. Something really just amuses the shit out of my husband. Cause I can hear him laughing from his man cave. Like full-on belly donkey laugh. Anyway, hee-haw. He's, he's, he's down there hee-hawing, and I have no idea. It could be Big Brother. He's addicted to Big Brother. Anyways, <clears throat> when you... In fandom, if you have a big personality, and I do tend to have a, a fairly large personality, because I don't... I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. I, I really do. And sometimes I say things I probably shouldn't. I don't keep my mouth shut. And I think I'm contagious because um, I see you people, and some of you were a lot more less vocal a couple years ago. Uh, sorry, not really. Not totally at all. Sorry. No, I'm not. Anyway, you, in fandom... Packs form, and, and and like any group dynamic, there is a behavior that's expected from that group, and if someone steps outside the norm, they can be a target. Whether it's something they've written or something they've said, mo- most likely it's something they've written that upsets people or makes people uncomfortable, like BDSM. And, BDSM tends to be a hot button subject in, in fandom, especially um, the kind that Xanth wrote <laughs> or I wrote. Uh, and you you get people who can't handle it. And Slash itself has a um, certain brand of disapproval from other parts of fandom, and. For a long time, because I wasn't writing Het, I wasn't really exposed. I, I stepped back from Het and I moved into Slash. And Slash fandom is is like it's night and day. And it's like it's a subculture in, in fandom, so you don't realize <clears throat> that you're being exposed. Um, <clears throat> that you're not being exposed to the larger part of fandom that might not approve of what you're doing until you post something, like I did, and I'm I'm moved back into the Harry Potter fandom with a het story with Harry and Hermione, because they are my OTP in in Harry Potter. I do like Harry and Draco, and I will write it, but they aren't my favorite. I I really am, at my heart, a Harry-Hermione shipper, and I always have been. Um, So when I move back into that, encountered some people who, when they came to my website to read Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, weren't prepared for the fact that I also wrote Slash. They were really under the belief that you could only do one or the other, and to do both made them really uncomfortable. And I got quite a few emails about it, and one lady even suggested that I make a separate website 
I'm not kidding. Or that I should move all my slash to a very um, small part of my website and, and keep it separate and not visible to regular visitors. I should make all my gay sex members only and, and hide it, right? Because I was supposed to be ashamed of it, apparently. And she wasn't even the only one. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I wish I was. I, I, I wish I was kidding. It's... Um, Let's see, OT says, 1,247 women and 444 men were killed by an intimate partner. Yes, I saw all those intimate partner statistics, but I was really looking for stranger stalking statistics, and I had a hard time finding those. Because most of it was about intimate partner stalking, which is a big, huge problem. It's a huge problem, intimate partner stalking. And it it's an entitlement of its own. Like, men think they're entitled to pussy or something. I don't know. I don't know what that is. That was probably really rude. Sorry. Not not sorry. Um, anyways, <clears throat> the women can stalk too. I'm, I'm not saying they're not. I mean, you know, it's really hard, difficult to ignore single white female situations. Um, <clears throat> I had a uh, person on my Facebook uh, messaged me and asked me why I wrote slash, and I told him that I thought it was sexy, and he was like, I don't understand. I said, you don't have to. You don't have to understand. You can read it or not, but you don't got to understand. <laughs> but there is this, um, there is this uh, expectation and fandom that you're supposed to explain yourself. If you're not posting something, if you stop posting on something, you need to offer an explanation to your fans. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do this right now. And I have I have given explanations in the past. I don't always give an explanation. I don't always give a completely true explanation. Sometimes I just give you a half-assed one because I really don't want to give you one at all. But if I don't, everybody and their fucking brother will email me 3,000 billion times wanting to know where such and such is and, 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 and until I do make some kind of public statement about it. And even then, even after making a public statement about, about it, I'll get... Last year, I wrote a uh, time travel Harry Potter fanfic on um, Rough Trade. And this is actually part of the reason why Rough Trade has been locked down. Um, because I got so annoyed with the questions and the grabby hands and me, 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 and why aren't you doing this and why aren't you making me happy? Because they're the most important part, right? And it's not finished, and it's not going back up on the website until it's done. That's just that's just the way it is, and I'm not going to um, give in to that. I I'm not, but people expect to be informed. 
There's something in the chat room that I want to talk about. This person writes, it's a, it is hilarious to ask during Q&As what they think about fan fiction and slash fan fiction. The, immediate, the room immediately invite, divides into these for and against the actors' reactions are great, too. I don't agree. I think it's terrible. I think that asking, to, put, to put an actor on the spot like that in a con and make them answer questions about something they're not involved in and have no involvement in is disgusting. It infuriates me to, to see it being talked about, to see it being done. I don't watch it on YouTube, those, re, those, um, those panels. I don't. Because you know what? They play a character, and nine times out of ten, they're playing a straight character. And it is terribly unfair and ugly for you to get up in public and ask and put them on the spot and ask them how they feel about others writing gay porn about them. Or any, actually, you know what, any kind of porn about them. It doesn't matter if it's gay or straight. Fan fiction has its place. But it is inappropriate for you to ask an actor how they feel about it. Because they can't even give you the truth. <clears throat> they can't even tell you how they really feel about it, to be honest. Because there are probably some of them, if they told you how they really feel about it, you'd hate them. You would hate them if you knew how they really felt about being objectified in fan fiction. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying quite a few would really upset you with their real honest answer. I don't think it's appropriate, and if I was at a con and it happened in front of me, I would probably cuss some people out. I, I am not kidding. I I don't, you know what? David Hewlett has a very active presence online. I would be mortified and embarrassed and ashamed. I would be ashamed if someone pointed out my website to him and he read some of my stuff. I would be ashamed. And I'm not ashamed of much, but that would make me really extremely uncomfortable. It would be terrible. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the right to go around and read fan fiction. I just don't want to know if he does. <laughs> because could you imagine could you imagine David Hewlett reading Size of Bind? <laughs> you know what? There is this there's this part of me that would want him to do it and film it for YouTube. But then there's a, there's a bigger part of me that would be absolutely mortified at the idea that he might read it. Or that he's listening to me right now. But I have no control over that because he might be. I have no control over who's listening or who's reading or who's watching or who's paying attention or who's on my Facebook. I mean, I can say yes and no to friend requests, but... For all I know, he could have read every single word on my website. But I don't want to know about it. 
I don't want to know. And I certainly don't want his opinion about it, because here's the thing, and here's why I think it's really inappropriate to ask these actors about slash in cons or in interviews, unless they bring it up themselves. If they bring it up themselves and they're comfortable talking about it, that's fine. But if David Hewlett ever came out and said, I hate this, and I hate seeing this, and I hate knowing this is online, I would delete every single story I have on my website that has Rodney McKay in it out of respect for him. I would. And it would be painful because I'm really attached to my Stargate fan fiction, but if I found out the actor was so absolutely disgusted and infuriated and, and embarrassed by what was happening in my fan fiction or any fan fiction, I would delete it. Because it's already kind of invasive, right? You know, and that's another reason why I don't actually read real person fan fiction because that is creeptastic on like a scale, like on a scale of one to a thousand. Real person slash is like nine hundred ninety nine point nine on the creeptastic scale. One being perfectly okay, let's go to Disneyland. And 1,000 being, take your ass out of this galaxy. I don't want you here. That's where real person fan fiction exists for me. I have a real problem with it. It's so, it's so, it, oh. I think, and I do it, and I, so I, so I can't say, um, it's, and I'll admit that sometimes it's terrible, but I objectify characters fictional characters. I don't objectify the actors that play them. And when you cross that line, when you cross that line, it's ugly. It is ugly. And it and it and it actually it depersonalizes them and dehumanizes um these people and it turns them into objects and into character and the characters on a piece of on a on a screen, and you you have no business doing that. That's my personal opinion, and I'm entitled to it. It is one thing to be a fan of an actor's work. It is another to objectify them in such a way that they stop being a person to you and and, and start being um, a a entertainment themselves, not their work and not their um yet when you when you look at the person and you don't see a person, you just see a product, you need to stop. You need to stop and realize that you're looking at a human being who sleeps and eats and takes a shit just like you. They're a real person and they have fears and Things make them sad, and things make them cry, and things make them laugh. And when someone like David Hewlett goes home, he's not McKay. And you have no, you have no business writing about him breaking up with his wife and leaving his rather adorable child from for somebody else, regardless of who that person is. It's it's just really inappropriate for you to. 
use that real person to entertain yourself. That's just how I feel about it. That's just how I feel. And yes, you know, putting an actor in a role and, and objectifying that character is, is one thing. But when you feel like you have the right to manipulate that person in reality, terrible and it's really ugly. And <laughs> Original Tempest says, hasn't the National Enquirer banked their entire existence on that mentality? Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And I don't mean to be nasty or to be an asshole about that whole, you know what, actually, yes, I do. Here's the thing. If I was in a convention and someone stood up and asked Joe Flanagan about Flash, about the McKay Shepherd, and made him uncomfortable, I would get up and go over there and take that microphone away from the moderator, and I would cuss the moderator out, and then I would cuss out the person who did it. I would. So if you ever see that happen in a convention, you will have known, you, you will have had a cure experience. You will, you, will have, you, you will have had a close encounter of the first kind or second kind. Third kind is like alien visitation, I believe. I don't remember. It, it will be bad. It will be bad. And you will know it's me because I will let you know. I will introduce myself. In fact, in some situations, all I would have to do is introduce myself. Not all, but some. Just don't do it. Just don't do that. Don't. Making somebody else uncomfortable, it's the worst. Stand to see somebody else made intentionally uncomfortable and embarrassed. I cannot stand to watch somebody be embarrassed. I would not react well. I really wouldn't. There is no need whatsoever to make somebody else uncomfortable that way. There really isn't. But then you know there are people who follow these people around. They follow these actors around and take their picture 3,000 times <coughs> and endanger their kids and endanger themselves and endanger the actors and actresses because they feel like that they have the right to know every single thing that person does. And that's stalking. Brought that back around to that. See? I was a little bit slick. Lady Holder says that humiliation is not funny, and it's not. Making somebody uncomfortable and enjoying it is a form of sadism, and I don't mean the fun kind. I really don't. Azura says, I had a friend who followed an actor into a bathroom and wouldn't let them out of the stall until they signed something for them. Your friend should be ashamed of themselves. I would have called the cops. <laughs> she said they're no longer friends. Well, thank fuck for that. Okay. Here, you know, and I think this goes back to that false sense of intimacy that I was talking about earlier, that you feel like you know these people and you can interact with them 
and um, you feel like you have the right to talk to them and and know them and touch them and, and have some part of them for yourselves, and you really don't. In fandom, that translates into um, cultish kind of weird behavior that can get really out of hand or either, you know, it's like a, I'm an acquired taste, and I know that. So people either love me or they hate me, and, and there is no in-between because I don't pull my punches, and if I think something's inappropriate, I'm going to tell you, and if you do something I don't like, I'm going to tell you. That's just the way it works. Um, and I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for that. And I'm going to quote myself, if you don't want my disapproval, don't do anything to earn it. Actually, what Minerva said was, is if you don't want my negative attention, don't do anything to earn it. And that's the truth. I have a phone caller who's not online just to... And Lady Holder, I'm going to put you on in a few minutes because I want to talk to you too. Um, you're on the line with Kara. This is area code 865. Hello. Hello. I thought I just I was going to listen in. This is Kaz. Oh, hi, Kaz. Well, I'll put you back on hold so you can listen in. Um, I I was looking for you, like, I, was, I figured I have a good number earlier because I'm in hour, I'm, I'm about to enter hour two of my show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just at work, and I had duties to do before I could pop on. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. I'll um, put you back on hold in a few minutes. We're, t- we're, t- we're talking about stalking and um Inappropriate behavior at cons and uh, act, um, asking actors about Slash. And I I have a pretty, uh, I, have, I have a very negative response to that. And I know people, some people think, find it entertaining and fun, and that's okay for them, I guess. It just, it just makes me really uncomfortable. And, I will um, so what admit do you think? That, uh, well, I will admit that uh, when I was a very newbie person at my very first con, I pulled some of those stupid stunts I gave an actor fan fiction. And I okay. It was it was not slash. It was not slash. But okay. Uh, I yeah. I I was encouraged by friends to do it because they said it was a good story. And I'm like, afterwards, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Who was it? Who was it? It was Ben Browder. <laughs> was it Farscape yeah. fan fiction? Yeah, <laughs> That's adorable. it was Farscape. Yeah, and then I, re- you know, as bad as I've reread the story that I gave him, I'm like, oh, that was such a bad story. He's like, oh my god, what kind of freak am I? Get- Do I have a swear fan? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't fall around the hotel, right? You didn't go that far. You didn't fall him no, around. No, no, it was at um, it was at the um, con breakfast where you know he went to each table and everything. And yeah, I was encouraged by my friends, and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I'm going to put like, you in the I, corner with the original Tempest and Mariah for like five minutes for that. At least it was never slashed, thank God. Original Tempest says that peer pressure is an ugly thing. Especially when you're um, new. You know, actually, um, whether it's gay or het, I would be um, really mortified for any actor to get porn featuring them. <laughs> 
to be honest, I <laughs> you know, don't remember. I honestly don't remember if there was any porn in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a scene was, in in what in what might have been where um, Sean admits that he's letting fans of John and Rodney post fan fiction in their forum. I know I cracked up the first time I read that. And, I was like, that is and so funny. uh John's like, it's okay, it's personalized porn, what's your problem? And John's like, John's creeped out about the whole thing, and Rodney don't give a shit. But it's like this, you know, because people have different opinions about how that's going to work and, and, and what that's going to be like, and I don't I don't know. I, I don't do that, people. <laughs> Learn yeah, the cat's yeah. mistake. <laughs> yeah, and as for other types of stalking, um, like, I don't use my actual name on Facebook, but yes, I do have my family, yeah, I talk to my family and everything on it, and you've seen that, um, mm-hmm. but um, my ex-husband somehow located me on Facebook, and I haven't seen him in over 20 years, I oh my God. ran from him for stalk. yeah, I ran from him, because he was physically stalking me, he lived behind my the dumpster at my work, with my picture taped all over the back of it, and was there at me. Yeah, and this was down in Florida, and we had met in Job Corps. And so, mm-hmm. what I did is, um, I went to the Job Corps people. I was like, "Get me out of here!" And they did. They got me out of the state. And, um, which normally, when you re up with them, it takes six months to get in. They had me out of there in two weeks. Good for and him. he ended up. Yeah, he ended up following me. He found out I went back. The Job Corps people banned him from all Job Corps centers once they realized what he'd done. And then here while back, I think it was about a year or so ago, I was looking at my mother's friends list. I was like, oh, my God. How the hell did he find her? She has a different last name than when he knew her. He had friended my niece. Not your so was, so he friended your mom on Facebook. My mom, yeah, he friended my mom. She has a different she has a married different married name now. She, he friended my niece who has a different last name than uh, what it's he It's actually used. very easy yeah. to find that out. If yeah, you go and, to um online sites, they have whole connections where you can see oh, and this person's probably related to this person and you can get a whole report. Yeah, and um relations. Yeah. And I had made a post, you know, bitching about it and everything. He got on there. I was like, oh, you want to hash it out here? Fine. <laughs> I made, you know, made a, you know, counter-argued with him. I said, you are not allowed to contact me from this point further. If and when I do contact you, it will be through a third party or the police. And I blocked him. I had my mother block him. I had all my family block him. Wow. <laughs> and I encouraged my Yeah, and Unfortunately, he has, you know, spawned in the years since I've known him. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it creeped me out because he scared the hell out of me back then. And there was a couple of women that had gotten killed by former, you know, by exes around that same time period. So well, yeah, I needed the biggest to get the heck out. Well, yeah, biggest partner. Um, yeah. Statistically speaking, if you're a woman, the man you're sleeping with is nine times the threat of any stranger you will encounter. Yeah, and my, and I told my husband, just, that, yeah. And people didn't realize how bad of a threat he was until they found his picture. You know, my picture taped up 
all over the backside of the garbage dumpster where he was sleeping. That's, and that's so weird. Work, yeah, my work. Yeah. So I know a little bit about stalking. That's so weird. Yeah. I have, I, have um, I went to college out of state. So when I came back to live where my mom lives, because that's what women do. <laughs> Live close to your mother as you possibly can, if you can. This is something that, I don't know, I'm I'm Southern, that's what we do. Um, And I moved back home, and I had broken up with somebody at college that I had been seeing casually, and they knew I was going to come home. So I had made a point that my senior year of of not trying to, of trying not to create a relationship that I wouldn't want to leave, which sounds kind Mm -hmm. of mercenary, you know, even back then, <clears throat> Dick was important to me, and I like to get laid regularly, so I didn't want to go without. <laughs> so yeah, or, orgasms, yeah, orgasms are yeah. part of your nutritional diet. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So I had approached this man who was a few years older than me, and because um, I had uh, dated this boy who was two years younger than me, and he got very attached. And I broke up with him um, my junior year, in my junior year, because I knew he was getting way too attached, and I wasn't on that level of attached, and it was never going to happen. And I, uh, I, uh, my, my my senior year, I came into my senior year thinking to myself, you know what, I need somebody who can put me regularly, but not get in my business. And so I was looking around, and there was this man who had come out of um, the Army, and he was uh, in at classes, and he was um, – he been he spent 10 years in the Army, and then he came out and went to college. And uh, <clears throat> so he was five, six years older than me, and um, I had a class with him, and I went up to him after about three weeks of, of, of watching him, and uh, he had made it clear that he found me attractive – and so that was nice. And um, I come up to I walked up to him and I said, "Look, I'm a senior. I'm going back to Georgia after I graduate. I don't intend to live here. I don't want any kind of commitment. I would just I would just like to get laid once or twice a week. And I'm wondering if you'd like to fulfill that role for me." And he was like, "Hell yes! Can we start today?" <laughs> <laughs> and we did, in fact, start that day. <laughs> and it was fantastic. It was great. He was great. He was amazing. He was excellent in bed. He never made any demands on my time or attention. He mm-hmm. regularly brought me liquor. <laughs> I always had a bottle of Crown when that man was around because it was my favorite. And if I ran low, he'd bring me a new bottle. I mean, he didn't even play. Here you go. And he, when I wanted to go out to a movie or to dinner, if that if that was an interest that I had, he would take me out to the movie or a dinner, and then he would bring me home, fuck me unconscious, and then he would take his ass home, which is what I wanted, right? And that yep. was fantastic, and I really enjoyed that whole relationship. And so I come home, and I'd had this really no awesome, no strings, no commitment relationship where this man had treated me like a princess, and um. And all he expected in return was pussy, and it was fantastic, and I really missed it. And so six months in to my, to my being home, I uh, really missed his penis a lot. <laughs> 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 I 
I missed him too because he was a great guy. Um, and I made the mistake of, of going um, out with somebody I had gone out with earlier in, in my life, and he got inappropriately attached. Fortunately for myself, he was on a government contract. And after I broke up with him, about six months after I broke up with him, even though he kept showing up at my job and shit, you know, and trying to talk to me, and um, there was no Facebook at the time, so that, that wasn't really an issue. Uh, yeah. He got transferred out of the state, which was great. Well, about a year ago, he got transferred back here. Ooh. <laughs> and I ran across him at a, uh, a Target. And That's where he has an awkward moment. Yeah, it was really awkward. And I'm thinking to myself, please don't stalk me again. Please, please don't. My house, my husband will shoot you. <laughs> and that will be bad. The cops will be there and I'll be on the news. I don't want to be on the news. If I ever get on the news, everybody, all my minions will know it's me. <laughs> They'll know. <laughs> so it'll be bad. I don't need. So. But he didn't. He didn't. He um, he even apologized for his um, previous behavior and said that uh, he um, he apologized for ignoring. Um, I happen to like Target. People in the chat room are asking me why I shop at Target. I like Target. But you know what I like best about Target? They have a Starbucks, so I can get a Frappuccino. I wish a Starbucks near me had that. <laughs> I love frappuccinos. I don't particularly like Starbucks Target, otherwise. I mean, Starbucks Target uh, coffee, otherwise, because a lot of times they burn their coffee. But I really enjoy their frappuccinos. Hey, I got a um, recommendation for you. Have you um, since you're not in Washington State, probably you can't get no. it unless you order it on online. But it's uh, Starbucks' main competitor in Washington State. It's Tully's. They mm-hmm. have coffee that is orgasmic. Ooh, and, can you um, send me a link? Yeah, um, awesome. I will. I will send you a link um, when I get up or when I can get on Facebook again. But um, yeah, whenever it's fine. Yeah, it's um, they actually, from what I understand, they predate Starbucks, and Starbucks actually copied their style for their stores. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I lived in Tacoma and uh, Gig Harbor, and a friend of mine that I was there with, and she's like, yeah, try this. If you like Starbucks, you'll love Tully's. And I instantly fell in love. It's the only place I would go to for my coffee. And they have awesome. this espresso roast that Ooh. It, it's called Fog Lifter or something like that. I mean, you drink a cup of it, and you're bouncing off the walls. <laughs> Yay! I actually have my own espresso roast. The the local um, coffee guy that I that I go to, there's a uh, roast named after me. I think I remember <laughs> reading that story. Yeah, I was like, I'm jealous. Well, it's actually I, named, named my my pen name, not not me personally. Um, yeah. He used my first part of my pen name to um, to do this coffee. And I don't want to keep talking about because I might accidentally say it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I was like, when I when um, I I I I went into the coffee place and um, I was uh, getting my stuff ready and sitting at my table because I have my own table, um, and like I was telling somebody a couple weeks ago that I went in there and somebody was sitting at my table and I couldn't sit at my table and I was really uncomfortable. But what what made it even worse is that the staff made this person aware that they were sitting at my table because every single time they walked past me, they apologized. 
for my table being <laughs> occupied. <laughs> <laughs> We're so sorry. We didn't know. We didn't know they, you they were should, going to do that. They, <laughs> anyway. They should just put a reserved, and it's just when you're not there, have a little reserved sign. Right, right. Yes, they, they, they totally should. The third time I got a book contract, I go in there, and um, the owner is uh, – I called down there to ask if um, they had a certain kind of soup on the menu for that day because I wanted to eat it. But I'm allergic to some seafoods, and so I can't have soup in any place if they're serving a clam chowder because all these soups are put in the same place and it's cross-contamination. And it's just not worth the risk. Because I can't have any kind of shellfish now. It started out as a mild clams allergy, and then scallops. Mm-hmm. And um, late, recently, most recently, I tried to eat crab, and it gave me hives. Ouch. Uh, I'm lucky that my, my favorite thing on earth numerous allergies cake. do not include food. Yeah. And it's with terrible. me, it's just so one I, medication. Yeah, it's just opiates and dust and pollen. Uh, terrible. Opiates, really? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> Huh? What do you do if you get hurt? It's terrible. Oh, my God. Anyway, I go in there. Yeah. He, he had my favorite soup on the menu, and he promised me he did not have any clam chowder because they were doing this Manhattan clam chowder for weeks, and it was really infuriating because I couldn't eat their soups. Um, and uh, anyway, I go in there, and he practically meets me at the door with a French press, and he says, I've got something for you. And um, I tried it, and it was amazing. I said, what is this? this is awesome, what is this? And he said, that's your roast. And he had named a roast after me. That is And it's an espresso cool. roast. And um, it's got a chocolate undertone. It is fucking fantastic. It's made with Moroccan coffee beans. Oh, my God. It is great. And more, moreover, it's $25 a pound. <laughs> so. Oh, dear God. <laughs> well, I'm expensive and exclusive, thank you very much. Anyway, I have Lady Holder on the line as well, so I'm going to put you on hold so you can continue to listen, and thank you for calling in. That's no problem, and thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, OT, it's not the one that has to be eaten by cats first, but I have had that coffee. I actually don't think it's all that great. I um I forget what it's called. You guys can look it up. It's that there's a there's a coffee, the the civet stuff. Yeah, and it's eaten by civets or however how you say that C I V E T. And when it comes back out, and it's gone through their digestive tract. It changes the proteins in the coffee, and it creates a chocolatey coffee that's very rich. The beans after they've been through this digestive tracts. This uh, feline, Kopi Luwak, Luwak, ever, ever how you say it, K-O-P-I-L-U-W-A-K. Um, and it has a really r- robust flavor and a chocolate undertone, and it's actually, it's it's a very decent coffee. I don't think it's worth the money, and I don't think it's the most fantastic thing I've ever had. I actually prefer Kona over the cat coffee, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> Anyways. Hello. Hello, Lady Holder. Did, how'd you know I was, I was putting you on on the air? Because it's said unmuted. Little... Oh, really? Does it always say yep. that? 
Oh, yep. I had Every no time. idea. I had no <laughs> idea. Surprise. Surprise. <clears throat> Hello. Uh, what are you hi, doing? Chris. What are you doing? What am I doing? Um, well, I'm in faraway lands. Let's put it are you way. really? And Yes, the husband and I are, are spending the weekend together. And he gorged himself at dinner, and he's now sleeping. And um, I stayed up for this because it was something that, you know, it's, it, it's relevant. It's something that we all have to be aware of. So I'm here. How was your, your jet plane ride? The, um, I didn't go on one of the major carriers. I went on one of the little ones, and it was actually quite nice. Um, they are so bare bones, it's ridiculous on certain things, but it was one of our little regional airports, and it, um, it was very easy to get around. It was very, um, it's an amazing thing for considering that we spent under $200 to get me a round trip flight from where I live to where himself is. That's awesome. And that's fantastic. So, yeah. So I'm happy with that. Cool. I really should not I should really not be going around coffee websites and, and going and looking at stuff now. But, <laughs> um I did want to relate to you a really weird story. Um I've already Uh-oh. told I think I told Lady Holder this story. Okay, I'm in a Kroger and Kroger is a grocery oh, store. <clears throat> Me and this lady, I could tell she had the same pattern I did and I do approach a grocery store from uh, I have a list and my list is created in the order and it's digital I use a Mm -hmm. digital list on my tablet and I have it organized by section so I have all the vegetables together and all the frozen stuff together and and the meats whatever I'm going to get and I organize it before I go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so me and this lady I've seen her before so I knew her pattern was pretty close to mine actually and I, uh, we, we were tooling around, doing our thing. And in the first part of deli, which is just after the vegetable section, where they have the, the store breads and the store cakes and stuff that you can buy. Mm-hmm. And I, um, <clears throat> I'm there, and she says, is that man following me, or is he following you? And I look around, and there is this man, and he's kind of staring at us, and it's like a little weird. She says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to break off, and we're going to meet in dairy. So she does, and he followed me mm-hmm. all the way to dairy. And she comes mm-hmm. back with him. She says, well, obviously he's following you. Do you know him? And I'm like, no. She says, would well, you work with him? I said, no, I don't work. My man supports me. And she says, good for you. <laughs> Totally off topic. We just went totally off topic there. And um, <clears throat> she was like, uh, well, okay, you need to stay very visible and don't go down any aisles that they're, that are empty, and I'm going to go get the manager. And so she runs off. So she drops off again, and she comes back with the manager of the store. And at this point, this man has been following me around Kroger for 45 minutes, and he has nothing in his buggy, cart, whatever you want to call it. And the manager walked right over to him and said, dude, are you 
following this woman? What, what are you doing? And I could hear them talking. He says, I recognize her from somewhere, and I can't figure it out, so I'm trying to figure it out. He goes, man, you cannot follow a woman around in public the way you've been doing. That is weird, and it is creepy, and you need to leave. And he made mm-hmm. him leave the store. And when I got ready to check out, I I do self-checkout, okay, I have all, I have my little bags, and I like things to be packed a certain way. So I did my whole OCD thing where I packed all my shit, uh, get it in the buggy, and the manager is waiting on me at the door. And he says, I'm going to walk you out to your car. I said, you don't have to do that. He goes, yes, I do. I'm going to walk you out to your car. That man was driving, and he told me what kind of car he was driving, um, the color and the make and the year. And he said, mm-hmm. and if you see this vehicle on the road, do not – Take this man home with You're you. Not leave him home. Don't no. don't don't take him home. You need to call the cops. Better you need to call your <clears throat> and um, so, but I never saw the truck again. But it was just a really weird experience. And and maybe I went to high mm-hmm. school with this guy, and he just couldn't place me or whatever. But it was very bizarre. So. Woman speaking to man, if you're out there, if you're a man listening to me right now, all men, do be careful whether you think a woman's attractive or um, <laughs> you think you know her. <laughs> be careful about paying too much attention to a woman in public because it might get mm-hmm. you thrown out of a grocery store. I'm just saying. <laughs> because we don't live yeah. in a world where that kind of behavior can be considered safe. And Maybe it he really had isn't. nothing going on. Maybe he wasn't trying to do anything. Maybe he just really did recognize me from somewhere and he couldn't figure it out, so he was trying to figure it out. And got, like, his, his focus thing. narrowed and he just forgot, you know, what what he was yeah, doing and he was just trying to place me. But it's not cool but his fo- what he but did his focus, Yeah, but his focus, his focus narrowed and he was more interested in staring at you trying to figure out where he knew you from than figuring out that what he was doing was freaking every single person in the grocery store out. And <laughs> those who no- noticed it. And by the time by the time the manager got to me, this lady wasn't the only one noticed that he, that, 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 that he was following me around the store. Mm-hmm. There were several people who realized that I was being literally followed around the store. And the manager asked me, he says, does he look remotely familiar? And the thing was is he did kind of look a little bit familiar, but not like somebody I would have ever spoken to. Here's the thing. You're in that grocery store often enough, and I'm in your ear often enough, that you know I couldn't say I could identify some of the cashiers, but their voices are, are at least vaguely familiar. And right, yeah. All it was, yeah. Okay, and that that's a little ridiculous considering that I don't even live in your state. Okay, <laughs> you, you should have you, you guys should have heard her the first time I went to the grocery store with her because she kept making about the accents, and I know I've got a really bad kind of southern accent. And the thing is, is um, it's actually not even bad for my area, but some of the people. And there was this one little girl who was helping me. Um, who was helping me uh, bag my stuff at the time, and she had every other word out of her mouth was honey and y'all, and she butter would not have melted in this girl's mouth. Okay, mm-hmm. and Lady Holder got so tickled I couldn't even listen to her because she was just giggling, and it was I-, I was having a hard time doing what I was supposed to be doing because she was giggling, giggle, sorry, giggle, giggle, giggle. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's, here's the thing. I... Um, my, in comparison to our two accents, mine is very flat and very not there. I know I have one mm-hmm. when when other people hear me, but for me, it's not really it's not really there. Um, so you know, when I listen to it, it it's always a good time. Um, part of it also, part of the reason I was also giggling was, I think it was all the mams that you were getting and. The the whole less than thrilled it sounded like at times that you were you were being mammed because I think you were having one of those I'm not old days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old. Fuck you. <laughs> and this is why I giggled. <laughs> no, you know so. the thing is, is you know in the South, um, <clears throat> you're gonna get mammed whether you're 19 mm-hmm. or 100. You know. So it's a thing. Yeah. It's politeness. It's it's cultural. It's all those good things. But yeah, um, going back to the the subject matter of the, of the evening, you know, uh, just just to give some bare bones basic, um, I've done what's called skip tracing on people, and that's where you look online for traces of people. Okay. Um, you look in the white pages. You and by the way, if you do whitepages.com, that will literally get you the national white pages. You can look around where they used to live. If you know where they used to live, you can. If you've got their social, you can look them up on that. If you know some of their family, you can look them up on um, ancestry.com uh, because yeah. they, they trace everything. Um, if you know when somebody died, the Social Security Death Index here in the, in the United States has all sorts of information, including, uh, in some cases, uh, copies of the death certificate, which lists survivors, okay? So for an actual person who is bound and determined to stalk, the tools are there, and they're at their fingertips, and the the only way to disappear online, okay, um, it, there is no real way to disappear online, okay? Cell phones um, are recorded, okay? Uh, the, the list of cell phone information, every time you call into one of the places where you, um, you patronize, you know, your, your mortgage company, your, your, your cable company, your, cell, your, your telephone company, all of those places, they record this information, and in some cases, they sell it, okay? Yeah. So don't give out your telephone number unless you are absolutely understanding that you may have your number sold, okay, which means it gets posted, which is, you know, all it's all sorts of bad things, okay? Um, if you guys see those uh, places in the mall where, you know, fill out this little placard, Put it in the the, the yeah. and you may win a car. Don't do it, guys. They sell those numbers. are okay. those are actually scams to do uh, timeshares. Oh yes, it's horrific. Yeah, they're timeshare traps. <clears throat> yes. Okay. I like if you go to it's Orlando. 
here's the thing. If you find yourself driving into Orlando, every other sign from the, for about 100 miles out going into Orlando will offer you free tickets to Disney. Mm-hmm. And if you go and you do it and you sign up for it, basically what they do is they herd you through a timeshare where you have to do a tour mm-hmm. and have a breakfast and see a big speech and all this stuff so you can get your free tickets to Disney World. It's not worth the effort, guys. <laughs> it really is not. Because then you fill out all this paperwork, and then for the next 10 years, oh, just from experience, for the next 10 years yeah. you will get timeshare uh, pamphlets and phone calls. And if you gave them an email address, they'll email you. And, and sometimes no. even if they don't, if you don't give them an email address, they'll find your email anyway, and then, yeah. 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 Um, it's it's pretty horrible, you know. Um, for who was it? Uh, Sybil, that, that she's a recovering actor stalker. Um, I do my stalking through People Magazine. Thanks. I that's about as close as I get. You know, I won't go anywhere in any place else. That there's no reason for me to. Okay. Um, and for the most part, I don't read People. It's just not worth it. Um. Timeshares bother the holy hell out of me. I mean, the, the little freebie is normally not worth the effort. I think the last time we, the, the husband and I went, it was for a dozen tickets to the local um, movie theater. We were broke. Mm-hmm. We had, we had, I think at that point, one income, and we wanted to go see the movie se- season, which was summer. So. We sat through it, we hemmed and we hawed and we played and we giggled and we got our 12 tickets and beat feet like hell. <laughs> so, yeah. We all like to know stuff, Sybil, and, you know, finding out the things that are public knowledge is, is always a good, good time. But when, when the, the level of stuff that you want to know basically means you're going through their trash, that's, that's an entirely different subject right there. It is one thing to look it up on IMDb and figure out where they're filming. Mm-hmm. It's not creepy. Um, it's a, but it's, you know, it's information you can find out in the public. But if you show up at right. their house with a, with, a tel- with a telephoto lens, you've gone too far. Yeah. And, you know, I, Reel I, it I back don't really in. mind. Yes, I don't really mind. And actually, I find it uh, uh, just as, as lovely as, as, you know, the people spread. The, the people who are in the office buildings when some, you know, big budget film is, is filming on their street and they take a picture or a video of what's going on on their street, that, <laughs> that one um, is more of a, it's open season, everybody's there, okay? So that one I don't really care. It's when you stick your camera in their, you know, trailer window, I mind. Because that's fine. Yeah. So well, we're glad you're recovered. <laughs> yeah, me Don't too. go digging any more trash. If you get the idea that you want to dig through a studio trash again, you just come into my chat room and it, we'll, we'll, and we'll talk with the talk minions and, until you calm yourself down. <laughs> you're crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of cute, though. <laughs> In a terrible way. Just don't. Just just don't go to their house, okay? <laughs> yeah. But I'm serious, you know. though. 
You know, I, I, I am so serious about this thing with um, conventions and, and actor privacy and um, the real mm-hmm. fiction, the, the real person's lash and all that stuff. It's just really inappropriate to objectify There's, a person on that level. Yeah. Yes, There's, they are an actor. It is their job to to be out there and to portray a character. Mm-hmm. There's a line. There's a huge yes. line. And, and when you cross it and you stop treating them like a human being and you turn them into this object the actor, that has the... The actor is not their character. Right. Okay. And, and you know, um, I, I put it up and it's a lot further up in, in the chat room, but how many people remember Misery? Okay, where yeah. the 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 um, antagonist of the movie, all right, captures an uh, an author and makes him write a story because her favorite character, I think, in the story got killed, but she could not separate out that the author was a real person. He wasn't there to write for her. Okay, and. Yes, uh, Lucas, the I'm your number one fan. Um, that that whole movie, that whole book, is one hell of a cautionary tale for anybody who's in the public eye. And for all the fact that we're fanfic authors, we are in the public eye. Okay? Mm. Um, I found On Rough Trade. Oh, right. On Rough Trade right now. I'm sorry. I'm bringing this up. Steve, I have a video on the front page of Rough Trade right now. With Stephen King writing short stories, and he speaks about misery um, during that video. <clears throat> now, mm-hmm. misery was supposed to be a short story, but it got too big. It got big on him, mm-hmm. and, and and he wasn't expecting it to. But, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to bring that up because it was no, relevant hey, to what. What I was going to say is um, the the first con that I went to as an author, I went to BathCon, which was Bay Area Slash Con. And it was a lovely environment to go and and dip my toe in the whole, hey, I'm an author, this is me. And what I found out and what got a little creepy, okay, but at the time I thought was kind of flattering, was um, somebody recognized the name on my name tag because I put my my author name on there. And because I wasn't going to put my real name on there. Are you kidding? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> no. And they were very gushy. Oh, I really like your stuff. You're so cool. This is wonderful. I'm so glad to meet you. And it's like, you know, I've been fanish. I've done this to people. Um, I've done it to people, authors in real life. But, you know, I also had other friends who were making sure that I wasn't a complete dork. When I when I met those, those <laughs> authors, it's okay to be a dork. It's not okay to be a creep. <laughs> there well, is okay. a big they difference. They made sure I wasn't a creep. How about that? But it was it was very. Um, it felt really weird to be on the receiving end of it. Okay, and so when I look at it now, and I, I think about you know how I would greet some people. I'm I'm a lot I'm a lot less um, fawning 
I'm not going to, to fawn over them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a creep. Um, I'm not going to act like a used car salesman who just found a new victim. Okay. And so that's, that's something I have to think of. And, um, Starlet says, I think uh, RPF, which is real person fiction, is one of the creepiest things in fandom. You're right. It is. Okay. Um, it doesn't Here's matter thing, if, we, if we all know the people judgment. like okay. It is a value judgment. I can say, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, just because in, in one fandom that RPF is the high road for the fandom does not mean that it's the high road in all the fandoms. Okay. And for those people who, who know the fandom I'm talking about, you can figure it out. But it's, um, yeah, hi to your cat too, Sybil. Uh, the actor, <laughs> yeah, the actor is not, is not the character. And, you know, if I have to keep hammering that through to myself some days because I really, really, really like the, the character and the actor is wonderful in there and aren't they just so pretty and I want to pet them and, you know, hug them and call them George, they're not George. <laughs> and i got to remember no, that. No, they're not George. Here's the thing about real person fiction that um, is a real problem for me. And um, someone mentioned in the chat room earlier that they, that they find it slanderous. And I agree. Um, it crosses a line. Because while they're there as a character to entertain you, it, you're not entitled to be entertained by their actual personal life. You're really not. You're not entitled to that. And when you objectify a real a, a person, not just somebody who is... I don't mean legally original tempest. He's saying it's not slander. If it's in print, it's liable. And I don't think it's libelous. I don't think, I don't think you can actually sue for it. Um, you could try, but you wouldn't get very far because mm-hmm. it's considered satire and it's protected. Um, it's, um, it's a creative commons issue. And it can get mm-hmm. you sued. Libel can get you sued. Um, but if you label it as fiction, it, it wouldn't be there at, worth the actor's time to sue you for mm-hmm. it. But it is disrespectful. I think that, and that high road you're talking about, you're talking about um, um, Supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. Because the two yeah, guys are is. brothers on the show. So to, so to avoid is. incest, they ship the actors instead of the um, the, the characters. Um, yes. It's just and, really and that was early in the tandem for a long time. And honestly, if I'm going to... Oh, yeah. It, it really is. You know, stick to Dean and Castile, for God's sake. <laughs> And, and here's the thing, yeah. yes, it is, uh, it, it, it is a judgment. And when you, when you say that you think real person fiction is disgusting and, and terrible and um, even in the presence of, uh, of someone you know who likes it, and there is someone in our chat room currently who, our chat room, <laughs> who yeah. likes it. Your chat room, um, And it, uh, you're telling that person that what, they like is is wrong, and that is a judgment. You are judging um, their behavior. They're, you're judging their kink. So I think it is a kink. Um, mm-hmm. I know and people who write it. Okay. The thing is, is I also have a problem with incest. 
I have a real mm-hmm. problem with incest fic, whether it's fictional characters or not. Mm-hmm. I have a real problem with it. I don't even read Thor Loki because they grew up as brothers, even if they're not actually brothers. I think it's terrible. I think incest is probably, you know, I, I would actually put incest and a real person fiction on the same level in, in fandom. And that's my personal opinion, and I'm entitled to it. And I in no way want to make you feel bad if you happen to like incest, if you like to read it, or if you like to read real person fiction. You're absolutely entitled to, to, to read and enjoy those things if you like them, because you're not hurting anybody. <clears throat> Sort of. I mean, here's the thing. I I'd be mortified to know that these actors are are, are going into these archives and reading this real person fiction, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it bother you? It it would bother me. Well, now understand. There's there's uh, one person I know who writes um, RPF for a different fandom. She's it's not um, it's not a fictional world. It's something else altogether. Uh, but, you know, I, I find it not something I'm particularly comfortable with because of just that, where somebody loads their name into Google and based off of hits or whatever, this thing pops up. That's, to me, potentially incredibly creepy. You and, know what I find? Um, and this is when I, developed a pr- when I developed a problem with real person fiction. It happened because of David Hewlett. Mm-hmm. I'm on David Hewlett's um, Twitter, and um, mm-hmm. it's a fucking. I don't think it's fucking because he has a Twitter, so he wants you to follow him. Yeah, he does. I think the the people in one in in, in one direction are probably adults now. I they think so. they I might have so. been minors at one time, but they're actually in their twenties now. There was a comment in the um, chat mm-hmm. room about. Um, one Direction fandom being kind of creepy because it's um, they're underage. Anyway, <clears throat> here is uh, <clears throat> here's the thing. David Hewlett posted a picture um, on his wedding day of, of, of him and his wife, and they look so happy to be with each other and to be together. And they have this beautiful baby, and they post about. And he has pictures of this kid on um, on his Twitter. And what's really terrible, and I and if I could, I would go back and change my character's name. They named that kid Sebastian. Oh jeez. Oh yeah. God. David Hewlett's kid's name is Sebastian, and I named my kid first in my fic. Mm-hmm. My Sebastian came first. <laughs> but if I could, I would go back and change it because. David Hewlett named his kid Sebastian, and that creeped me out <laughs> a little. Mm-hmm. But that's not why I have a problem with real fiction. It isn't the Sebastian issue, because that's Sebastian Hewlett, and it's not even McKay's kid in my story, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, yes. it isn't about that. Um, here's the thing. About a week after I saw those pictures of David Hewlett and, and, and his new wife and how enthralled they were with each other. I came across a Flanagan Hewlett story on AO3 or it was an archive. Oh. I'm not it, it might not have been AO3 and I was absolutely horrified. Mhm. Because 
Here it is. And then a year later, a, a year later, I come across it again, and there's this fan fiction writer writing about David che- um, cheating on Jane. That's his wife's name. Um, oh. I, like a, I know that. But he puts it on Twitter all the time, so it's not my fault that I know that, okay? It's just there in my head. Anyway, um, I think to myself, that is the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Because you're disrespecting his marriage, you're disrespecting his woman, who he obviously loves a great deal, and he is really into his wife. That's why I would have a problem with Robert Downey Jr. Um, fan fiction, like him cheating on his wife, because his wife is fucking awesome. She deserves all the respect. Mm -hmm. She deserves all the respect, because she stood with him through thick and thin in prison, and nobody has any business writing fiction about him breaking up with her or cheating on her. I'm sorry, he really does, because that woman deserves all the awards, it, all of them. In mm-hmm. fact, if, if he should win an Oscar for the judge, like they're saying that he might, he should just get down off the stage and give it to her. Because <laughs> nobody in his life deserves an Oscar more than she does, okay, because she's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Really. And, like, Tom Hanks' life is fucking awesome. I'm just saying that when you insert yourself into their real life and have the fucking audacity to write stories about their personal relationships, and it, it just, it offends the shit out of me. It really does. And I'm sorry, and I really am genuinely sorry if my opinion on this issue upsets you or makes you uncomfortable. Um, because like I said earlier, you're entitled to your, your, your own kinks as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe David doesn't care. <laughs> but I do. I care a lot. It really upsets me. <laughs> and I don't know if his wife cares or gives a shit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she I don't yeah. know. But it makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, there's... Um, it's not okay to treat somebody that you don't know or, or that you do know, like an object, like they're not capable of feelings yeah. and, and being hurt by the by the things that you say and you do online. It's just, that's like that whole video thing that, that, that they do on Jimmy Fallon of those mean tweets and the actors, which, I, you know what, okay, that's just really funny, but you have to wonder how many actors they approach with those tweets who say, no, I'm not getting on the air and saying that shit, that's terrible. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that laugh it off, but but for every person who laughs that shit off, there's two or three who are not laughing it off. No. Although I do agree with Sophia, there is nothing wrong with having a dick in your mouth. It's a great deal of fun, yes. <laughs> um, there's a story I believe I read it about an actor who... Um, had been exposed to fan fiction because of a family member and had gone to uh, a con in his in a fandom and basically mm. requested mm. of the people to please stop making my character so wussy. <laughs> and that would be the guy that plays Blair on the Sentinel, right? Yep. That would be because be. his nephew or his niece had come across fan fiction his where Blair's finding girl getting it up his the ass. His brother-in-law that I knew of, 
I I heard it as his brother-in-law, but okay. Urban legend. Urban legend. But But you do need to keep in mind, that's that's actually an excellent point, actually, because one day Sebastian Hewlett is going to put his daddy's name in Google. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And you think about that, people. When you write fiction about Joe Flanagan and David Hewlett fucking, one day... His kids are going to put that, his daddy's name in Google. Moreover, Joe Flanagan already has kids who can put his name in Google. And All his old kids are to, to know it. teenagers. To know what it is. Yep. And, you know, here's the other thing is all it takes is for the actor to go, I wonder what this character has going for it. And they type in their character name. Okay. Um. Yeah, Lucas. Oh my God, Jensen and Jared's kids. Yep. Exactly. And Jensen's a new father. Like what? His kids like two or three years old. Uh It's terrible. Yep. And you you never. You guys can tell I'm eating on the radio. Sorry. Yes. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'd rather you eat than pass out. You know, there's there's also the other thing, and it was made. Yeah, the point is made by Sybil. There was apparently a made-up rumor about Joe Flanagan a few years ago, and it really hurt him, guys. RPF, if somebody takes it as, you know, real and legit and they don't realize it's fiction, okay, um, how many people have looked at stuff from the onion and gone, that's got to be the truth. No matter how much we, we know that they're making it up, they sometimes hit the mark. Fan fiction is, is it's just, you know, don't get real people involved, okay? It's just not, mm or Fox News, yes, there's another one. Only you didn't spell it right. <laughs> oh, oh, we can't talk about Republicans anymore. I got, um, I got. Yes, yes. There was a, there one. was, there was an incident. Oh, and God. I'm not sure which episode it was in. Was it, was it the Rough Trade one, part two? The, the Rough Trade so. ended up thing online? Okay, um, yeah. where I said oh, that I say Republican with the same tone Oh, no. Okay. Are we still talking? And we lost it. I'm still on I the air. Um, I, like, I just I- lost it. There it is. Okay. Huh. All I the chat on my This is great. Yeah. Stop that. Okay, this is this is not cool. What the hell? There it goes. Mine, mine came back. Anyways, okay. sorry about that. If you're on the podcast, if that got weird on you. <laughs> um, yeah. On what I was saying. Um. Oh, huh. Republicans. Okay. Republicans. Here's yes. what happened. Um. What happens when um, the show ends, if you are still on Blog Talk, it will throw you to my next um, show on my archive mm-hmm. list, which is why if you were in the chat room just now listening and you did a, and it, the site rebooted on you, it moved to, the, mm-hmm. to, um, to a previous radio show, and, and that's what happens when you right. do that. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> we were just anyway. Last – week before last. I don't know. I did a rough trade one, and I – I said something. 
Mm-hmm. That was kind of ugly. You did. But at the time, <laughs> we were all re- really, really peeved at something. But here's the thing. I still mean it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's, so here's how it goes. I said that I say Republicans and pedophile the same way. And I said because I find them both irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Republicans and pedophiles. And I also said in that same moment that in no way am I saying that all Republicans are pedophiles. I said it. But I said okay. I do consider them the same, irredeemable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got an email. Somebody got a little bit bent out of shape. Butthurt. That's the term you're looking for. They got butthurt. Let's be real. That's like another one. Okay. Liberal. Okay. Um, liberals. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, there are two reasons to be a Republican. You believe in their social politics, which makes you the scum of the earth. <laughs> or you are a fiscal Republican. Mm-hmm. Which means your bottom dollar is more important than the lives and rights of others. And if you are a fiscal Republican, then you are an asshole and you're socially irresponsible. Which is what I said back to this person who emailed me all butthurt about my comments. <clears throat> Not about so I'm not saying your husband yeah. So I'm not saying your husband isn't or wasn't a good guy, but the current crop of that particular um, political party, the ones that are in the news, the ones that are getting the the attention and the ones leading their party down they're not even leading them down the rabbit hole. Um, no, it's like a path to hell if if if, if, if hell actually existed. Um, and here's the thing, and I and I mean that I really do, and I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings or it makes you uncomfortable or if it upsets you, but Republicans in today's society in the United States have an agenda that is anti-woman, it is anti-poor, it is anti-gay. It's anti-anybody, not it's white anti male, Christian, humanity. and wealthy. And if you believe in the Republican Party for those social reasons, then you are the scum of the earth. I'm sorry. But if you think that your $90,000 car is more important than the kid down the street having a meal, then you are a terrible person. You're terrible. And so that's, so there's so, so there are the two reasons really to be a Republican in this in this day and age. It is to protect your bottom line, which is dumb by the way, because if you're not in the 1%, they don't give a shit about you. You think you're voting for your money, but what you're really doing is you're voting for their money. They're not going to save you a fucking dime. 
Because if you're not making millions of dollars, you don't matter any more than I do. Mm-hmm. As a liberal Democrat, OT, just let you know, that's what I am. I, I wonder what liberal right means in this country. I'm trying not to be insulted. Anyways. No, no. Uh, for, for mine, I describe my politics as um, screamingly left of the left is liberal. And so far, right, that I make a tell of the Hun look like that liberal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's my... my um, my politics are, are interesting. Let's get off politics because that's just going to get everybody signing up um, and get back oh, to the radio to the last again. 10 minutes. Maybe that could be. Jesus, again. Maybe, maybe, I think and the Republicans are breaking the. Um, I think Republicans They're are breaking, breaking the radio. Internet. I yeah. should start, start bringing them up. I just, yeah, I just went back, back to the up. guys that buy and collect Atlantean Legacy. For the love of God. It, it just keeps doing it again. Anyway, we only have like 10 minutes left, and so. We can talk for the podcast. Yeah, hopefully the radio um, show will actually work. Anyhow, um, the, the whole Internet, um, you know, stalking and, and all, it's way too easy. All right? There's far too many tools that a stalker can use, legitimate, easy, free tools, okay, that are out there. Google is just the least of them, okay? So the, the, the best thing, the easiest thing is – and it's happened with, with people who signed up for um, the Facebook Minion headquarters and the, the Facebook Rough Trade. People have started switching out their real, pe- um, their real life, is, as it's called, uh, Facebook or whatever. <laughs> yes, it's at the NSA civil. Um, their real life Facebook for one that they make for this life, okay, because for a lot of people, this life does not um, this life doesn't match up with with the one that they go and they they work they go to work with and they you know they talk to their parents and they do all of that stuff and yeah um, and there are actually I think it wasn't the NSA like Sybil says it was OT so yeah <laughs> it could be OT original Tempest did break did break the internet. Like his whole country. Yes. He broke the whole internet. Anyway, I actually have somebody else on hold. So I'm going to put them okay. on the air. I'm, I'm going to keep you on the air too, but shh, shh. Okay. Okay. Hunting wabbits. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. One of those is Kaz. Okay. Hold on. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, it's Jilly. I uh, logged in um, on the phone because I lost audio so many times. But uh, I, wanted <laughs> okay. add, I wanted to add one comment about um, geotagging from something you mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Watch where people take pictures in your home because someone found me once through geotagging on my mom's photos um, that she took of me at, at, at my house. Wow. Geotagging is, is like evil. You need to turn that shit off. That's the first thing I did on my mom's phone is turn off her geotagging because she can't be trusted. <laughs> That's great. I'm definitely grabbing my parents' phones then. And by the way, Jilly, you're kicking my ass at Worlds with Friends for the love of God, woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of evil. I, don't, you know, I, was, kinda evil. I was sitting here playing with, you know, I was sitting here playing while we're talking, and you're, you're, you're speaking very cogently and playing at the same time. And I was like, how the fuck is she playing and being so coherent? <laughs> I had to concentrate on that shit. 
because my job requires me to be able to type and talk at the same time on two different subjects. So I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Everybody in the chat room saying, "How do you, Jilly?" I can't get Jilly in the chat room. Keep bumping me. Really, Jilly actually encountered a little bit of um, uh, just a tiny little bit of internet stalking herself recently, didn't you? When you got stalked off Rough Trade to your to your own website. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I have a it was a it was a, I have a bone to pick with you and I can't do it on Rough Trade so here I am I was like okay <laughs> see yeah, that, see that. really I'm gonna tell you people right now yeah. if um you do that shit I will kick you off Rough Trade I don't care if it happens on Rough Trade or somewhere else mm-hmm. if I see you talking <laughs> shit to an author on Rough Trade about what they're doing on Rough Trade and I can figure out who you are and it is most likely that I can because you're dumb. If you're going to be doing shit like that, you're not going to be very smart to begin with. Um, I will kick you off Rough Trade. I will. Because they, they, yeah, there's, there's I... just no... <clears throat> God. <laughs> that makes me really... Oh, it makes me really irritated. <laughs> Gee, no, really? Minions assemble. <laughs> yeah. Get my fucking shield. It's just... Oh, it's just... <laughs> You know, because here's the thing. I get stupid emails practically every day. You know, sometimes in the past I used to be um, on my Facebook, like and I would make a list of all the bad emails I've gotten. I still get those things. I just stopped sharing them. No, you didn't. I get phone calls. Well, that's true. I stopped sharing them on my live journal. I still get them. That one lady who got all butthurt by my Republican stance, she sent me like a six-paragraph email telling me how evil she thought I was. And then when I told her that if she was a social Republican, she was scum, and if she was a fiscal Republican, she was an asshole, and a socially irresponsible one at that, I got another big giant email where she told me she wasn't a fiscal Republican and then proceeded to list all the financial reasons that she was a Republican. Now, what the fuck does that mean? She can't think uh, logically. and, and He doesn't know what fiscal means? Okay, remember, education and Republicans, they're not exactly the greatest uh, things. And, yes, guys, I know I just made a blanket statement, but there's a fair number of Republicans in my home state who are trying to kill education. So, yeah, <laughs> suck it up. Because science. Yep. Is Neil the Tyson. Woo-hoo. You know what? The meaner he is to Republicans, the hotter I find him. Oh, that man's hot like burning at this point. Uh-huh. I know, right? I don't know who's hotter, him or, St- or uh, Steve, um, um, Stephen Colbert. Uh, Although you I'll tell what? you I'll what, the- it's terrible. But I actually like o- um, um, Oberman, too. Um, Keith Oberman. I really enjoyed him. Uh, I did. I don't know. I know. Yeah, there's there's um there's too many ways, too many too many things that are that are going out there. And hey, you know, we we've got for those of us who live in the U.S., this is a uh, off year for voting, you know, and we've got some really interesting races. Vote your conscience. Most of the the minions seem to be on the liberal side of the fence, and by liberal OT, I mean not somebody who's trying to destroy society as we know it. Okay? So, let's go have fun and vote. Okay? 
amazing. He's been quiet the entire time I've been talking. It's great. I don't know where. I, I think he got kicked off. I'm not sure if he's actually on there. Oh, no, I'm not talking about OT. I'm thinking more of the, the guy who's sleeping behind me, but whatever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he's still here. He he he's thanking me for oh he is thanking me for the clarification. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, here's the thing. I think that um, when you uh, money, when you mix mm-hmm. the needs of the many with money, the many suffer. Because it's like they're doing the they're, majority they're, they're of doing the wealth. The majority of the wealth on this planet is like with five percent of the people. Mm. The majority of the wealth is with about a thousand people across the planet at this point, if I remember the right. numbers correctly. Yeah, and, and the rest that, of us are pretty hysterically wrong. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, three, three minute warning, two minute warning by my clock. And and dark says dark evanescence says America is heading down the same path as the Roman Empire. Yeah, that popped into my head, too, and that's that's pretty hor- uh, horrifying to think about. But, hey, at least we don't have, what is what was it, lead pipes, and so, you know, um, we're having all those problems. Although it's well, nice recently I got, a bill from my student, I got a bill from my student loan in the mail, and I thought to myself, I wonder if we had a zombie apocalypse. And I meant what? If I had a mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse where I still have to pay my student loan, <laughs> I'm just if saying. A, my student loan is the size of a house, okay? <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, the thing Kara. If, um, if we had a zombie apocalypse, the only people we could guarantee that would make it through would be the IRS. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute guarantee. <laughs> Nobody wants to eat those bastards. <laughs> okay, we're down to 60 seconds. I want to thank everybody who called in, and I'm sorry about the problems in the chat room. I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, yeah, and, uh, we'll just remember, people, just keep your personal details to yourself. Keep your fandom mm-hmm. life separate from, from you. Don't geotag your photos. Don't put pictures of your kids on the Internet. And for fuck's sake, do not have your phone number attached to your Facebook. And you guys right. have a very good evening. Indeed. Talk to you later.
500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Build Penny Toyota during Mega Memorial Month, now through May 31st. That means mega deals on your favorite Toyota models from Alabama's number one volume Toyota dealer. And don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. Plus, enjoy the rest of our awesome Penny perks. Visit BuildPennyToyota.com during Mega Memorial Month. Number one based on 2018 total new Toyota retail sales in Alabama for Southeast Toyota distributors. Warranty valid through 10th year of ownership on new vehicles only. See dealer for details. 500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Bill Penny Mitsubishi during May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win $5,000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on a credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.